can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. G'day folks, welcome back to Monday Down Under. Peter here, joined by Shane again. G'day Shane, how are you? G'day Peter, pretty good, thank you. And yourself? Oh, living the dream, as always. You and me both, mate. You oh, and me both. Keep telling yourself often enough, you might even start to believe it. I'm still <laughs> waiting for that to happen. Oh, How's your yeah. week been? Yeah, pretty good. Um, only been a three-day week, which has been quite nice, but busy, busy enough. Um, just trying to get the uh, regular valets out on Wednesday and Thursday. Had a little bit of time to do a bit of service work yesterday. It was quite interesting. Actually, I went to a service job and this lady said her chlorinator, she, she used the word blew up, which I thought was quite, you know, this should be quite interesting to see. Um, as I got there, the it's a very old style chlorinator, um, literally right next to the MPV and what she had done is added um, flocculant into the water and as she put it on recirculate, I think the spider gasket inside the MPV may be floating. So a lot of that water was getting into the actual filter as well. And it sounded like it blew off one of the um, unions on the MPV and sprayed water all of the underside of this uh, chlorinator, which she said it just, you know, it sounded like a big explosion right in front of her face. So she was very lucky in that sense. Another funny thing was she was saying that the chlorinator was uh, 19 years old. So I took a couple of photos of it and I posted them on the um, um, uh, Facebook pages to see if anybody can beat 19-year-old a 19-year-old chlorinator. Apparently, it was still working. It was still gassing up last year after the uh, the husband cleaned uh, the cell. And it's it's caked. I mean, it looks like icing on a wedding cake, if you look yep. at it. It's, it's yep. quite amusing. So, yeah, that was quite an interesting job yesterday. Yeah, we, uh, we still see some of the old chlorinators. Oh, they'd be from the 80s, late 80s from time to time. Yeah, uh, there's a particular brand that um, they got bought out about 16 years ago. But prior to them being bought out, when the family that owned them uh, still ran operations, their quality was just off the charts good for the time. Mm. And yeah, so 19 years—that's we quite commonly see them at that age. Mm. Uh, the oldest one I've seen would have been three, four years ago, and I think it must have been from the early 70s. Wow. I've got a particular supplier, one of my distributors, and the guy's a walking encyclopedia of Australian pool equipment. And I thought, stuff it, I'm going to try to trick him. 
So I took the front case off this chlorinator. It was a tiny little thing, no cell that had long gone. Took the case off, took a photo of the internals. I said, uh, hey, can you get uh, parts for this? And he gave me a call, sent him a photo of it. He gave me mm -hmm. a call and he said, oh, yeah, that was this make, that model. That company was owned by such and such, first and last name. I forget it now. Um, he sold the business in that year or closed down in that year. It was a trick question. And he bloody knew the answer. Either that or he was bullshitting very convincingly. <laughs> but uh, no, he, he knows more about Australian pool equipment than just about anyone I know. Yes. Uh, he's, he's been in the game 50 years. Yep. So, uh, too. Yeah. But interesting topic you raise about the, um, uh, the union on the filter uh, blowing off and causing damage to other equipment. Mm. Uh I have, in fact, blown up a chlorinator cell many, many years ago when I just started as a technician. Uh, right. I put a heap of chlorine in the skimmer box because that's how people did it back then. <laughs> yep. Went through, obviously, and it was a lot of chlorine. Went through, obviously, mixed with chlorine being produced in the cell, and the um, chlorine's reacted. That's all I can put it down to. And it, it just literally blew apart the cell housing. Yeah, so I learned that one the hard way. Yep. Uh, some of the other interesting things I've seen. If you look at an MPV on a media filter, a lot of them have nuts and bolts holding the top part onto the, the body of the MPV, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. I always, always check them for signs of corrosion because if they start corroding, they're going to be reducing in their tensile strength. Mm-hmm. I know of three filters. One was my brother's filter, one was a customer's filter, and one was it was in a an industry journal over here oh, a couple of years ago, maybe, uh, where it showed a photo of a technician who'd started up a filter. The bolts had failed. They'd shot everything had shot off, and he had a big gash across his cheek. It was very very close to his eye. So I always check that, and when I do an inspection on a pool. Uh, before settlement of the property. So someone's bought a mm. house, they want the pool checked out first. If there's an MPV, if there's a media filter, that is one of the things I always check and put on the report, whether there's sign of corrosion or not. Uh, but a lot of people don't seem to look for that. Uh, I just think it's a major safety hazard. Yes. So uh, yeah, it's a lot can go wrong with a little bit of pressure. Yeah, sure can. Um... So yeah, after uh, after she explained to me what had happened, um, found out that the um, as the water got into the underside of the chlorinator, it actually um, burnt the plug, the, yep. the uh, pump plug, which plugs into the bottom of it, and looked look, it almost looked as if um, a rat or a mouse had taken a bite out of one of the pins from it. So. Okay. We couldn't use that pump anymore. Luckily, she bought a backup pump the same time as she bought that one. So we got the other one plumbed up. <clears throat> but, yeah, it took me um, four attempts to backwash, rinse, backwash, rinse, backwash, rinse, backwash, rinse this filter and kind of get it, you know, semi-clean enough to get it up and running. A little bit mm -hmm. of circulation going through, but, yeah, she's going to need a new filter. Once you get flock in that media or in a cartridge, it is a mongrel mm. to remove completely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really, really difficult to get that out of there. Yes. 
So the old chlorinator, you're just throwing it or what are you doing with it? Or leave, leave, leaving it there? Uh, no, this one is at, it's still on site at the moment. I'm due to go back here on Tuesday um, because uh, when I was there initially the first time, it was last Tuesday and I got back there yesterday. So the pool had been off for a while. So there was a lot of flock in the bottom and now the pool started turning green. So yep. managed to get the flock out. We shock it. We get a little bit of circulation going on. Tuesday, I return and um, she's in two minds in which chlorinated to pick. But once she picks one, this one will be coming out. Um, recycle wise, take out the transformer. Yep. Um, keep hold of that one for recycling purposes. Um, but in regards to the rest, yeah, I don't think you're going to be able to recycle too much more. Maybe the um, maybe the housing on the cell itself. Um, okay. Try and get try and handle that one. Interesting point. Mm -hmm. I recycle most part or a lot more than just the transformer. Right. Okay. I cut the cell plates off the yes. little plastic thing at the back. They go in a pile for mixed metals. Right. Transformer, okay, of yes. course. The power cable and the um, cell cable, they've yes. got a lot of copper in them. And a lot of recycling right. places will will accept just a big box of cables. You don't have to strip it. They organize that. Mm -hmm. um, I just like to recycle as much as possible. A, yep. it does give me a bit of beer money. You don't get rich off recycling, it's taking stuff to recycling. But it's also something I don't have to pay for waste disposal on. Yes. And I generally, as a rule, take away old equipment that I replace. And I get a lot of business from that. I've had people call me saying, oh, first thing they say is, oh, when you replace equipment, you take the rubbish away, don't you? Mm. The number of times I've been to backyards where there's an old filter or something sitting there that's been removed, but they haven't taken it. How yes. many people? you know, who don't have a service vehicle like you or I, how many people out there have the capacity to dispose of a 25-inch media filter? Mm. Uh, it's a big, bulky thing for them to get rid of. Yes. But other things we recycle when I replace a pool solar blanket, you know, the bubble blankets. Oh, okay, yes. There's places now that recycle those. One of the local councils takes them for recycling. One of the pool blanket manufacturers over here they take uh, old blankets for recycling. Yes. Because uh, they can be a bulky thing. They really fill up the dumpster pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that's, a, that's, that's very handy to know, actually. I should speak to my um, uh, my company, which I get the uh, pool covers from as well. Mm. So this is definitely something I would need to speak to them about because that's a huge amount of material going into a landfill. At yeah. the same time, you know, so if they can't recycle it, yeah, everybody's happy. Yeah, that's fantastic. Pumps, of course, pump motors. Yep. Uh, I'll also scavenge for, scavenge some of the equipment like pumps for spare parts. For example, if the basket and lid are still in good condition, I'll take them off. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've got a big box of parts that's probably going to be sitting there till I retire. But um, <laughs> That one basket may, will it, come in handy one day. Especially if it's an old-style pump, which is no longer yes. available or no longer has parts available for it. It can get yeah, out definitely. of a squeeze. Uh, the other thing is if I replace a pump that's still working, I'll keep that as a service pump. 
If I need to take a pump out for a vac to waste, for example, I'll just keep that thing running until it dies. Mm-hmm. It hasn't cost me anything. So that's yep. the handy one. And then it goes off for recycling. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, you were talking about PVC recycling. I'm not, not yeah. wasn't aware of that until you mentioned it. So there, um, in New Zealand, there's three main companies, um, Marley, Iplex, and RX Plastics. Um, so they're having to now take responsibility for their products at the end of their life. So uh, there's four areas in New Zealand where you can take your old PVC, you know, your pipe, your fittings. It does need to be washed. It does need to be cleaned. Um, but they will take it off you free of charge. Um, and then they'll break it down, recycle it. Um, I, I haven't actually done it myself yet. We haven't been busy enough to actually rip up, you know, 30, 40, 50 feet of pipe um, to dispose of. You know, it just seems to be the odd little bit here and there when you're installing a pump. Mm. But hopefully as time goes on, we get more guys on the road. This is definitely something that we're going to think about going forward. Um, I'll look into that because Iplex is, uh, well, I've seen their products over here. I uh, mm-hmm. don't know where their office is. So no, definitely have a look into that one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm. Um, the interesting thing that I found on their websites as well is the um, the composition of it. So they're saying that PVC is actually made from 50, 56% soot and 44% fossil hydrocarbons, which is oil and natural gas. Mm. So I find that very interesting myself. I knew about um, the hydrocarbons, but didn't have a clue about the salt mm. uh, using its production. I, I use PVC every single day. I just know nothing about how yeah. it's made. So yeah, that's an interesting one. Mm. In regards to, um, I mean, you were saying that there's no facilities over there that you that you're aware of. So, not that I'm aware, but I will look into in, it. Mm, at the moment, that just that's in landfill. Pretty much, and I'm trying yeah. to to stop that. Yeah. Um, other things I do are sometimes a filter. When we remove an old media filter, I just get a recip saw, uh, sawzall, I think they call them in the US. Uh, cut a big hole in it, shovel the stuff out into bags all the old media into bags, take them away yeah. or throw them in the garden. Uh, I did use shop vacs, you know, the wet, dry vacuum cleaners. Yes. Um, I just find they rust out too quick because most of our pools are salt. And even if you get on to rinsing it, I was just replacing too many vacuums that had rusted out. Oh, really? Even with the stainless steel, it'll still rust, of course. Yes. But I had one customer who his garden was, he loved gardening, but he, it's too tight to pay for anything. So when I removed his filter, he wanted the bottom of the filter kept, wanted me to drill some holes in it for drainage, and he used that as a plant pot. And so for a long time there, he, um, he, you know, whenever I had a filter that I removed, I just cut it off, cut the top half off, put a couple of holes in the bottom one, the bottom yeah. half, and drop it off at his place. And uh, he gave me a few dollars for that. Well, there you go. And they're a good size for, for planting stuff. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you'd want to make sure it's pretty thoroughly rinsed, though, if you're going to grow your veggies or something you're going to eat in it. Mm. You'd want to clean yeah. that out good and proper. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another thing I do is the 20-litre um, chlorine and acid drums. 
they can be uh, exchanged when you buy a new one. So first time you buy it, you pay a bond on the the bottle, take it back, swap it over for a full one. Uh, 20 litres, I'm guessing, is about five gallons at a guess. But a lot of other chemicals like flock or clarifier or um, algicides, you can't take them back for exchange. There are a couple of places that recycle them. But one thing I do with those is lay them on their side, cut the top off, or one side off, which is now on the top, and that's what I use for storing all the fittings in the truck. Okay, yeah. It's cheaper than buying a plastic tub and, again, yes. something less in uh, less in landfill. Yep, yep. Now, similar over here as well, a lot of the, uh, the chemical companies, they'll reuse the um, chlorine drums, mm. yeah, the 20-litre ones. Um, again, yeah, you pay a deposit on them. Once you return them, you get that one. You get the deposit back. Yeah. Um, so they credit your account. Um, unfortunately, it's just chlorine that my supplier has taken. When it comes to um, you know, liter bottles of flock or anything like that, then j- luckily we can just wash them out and add them into the uh, the local recycling. Yeah. Um, I think it's grade one and two that they can recycle over here with no problem. Um, New Zealand was shipping a lot of recycling over to Asia. Um, I think that stopped during COVID, so I don't know if that's taken off again now. The world is kind of semi-back to normal. Yeah. I'm not sure. Mm, although I have had a big surge in customers telling me and some friends telling me in the last few weeks that they've tested positive for COVID. Well, yes. So there seems to be another little bump up in numbers again uh, yeah. in, in WA at the moment. Mm, that's the same in, same in New Zealand for about the last month. Yeah, the cases are increasing mm. day by day. So there's another another wave coming in. But I think yeah. it is it possibly new. Um, so Australia uh, made it a little bit harder on the their borders now if their people were coming from certain countries in asia they need to check they need to uh, test negative yeah the government got in a bit of a political argument with the opposition um just in the last week or so because they've made a policy that anyone coming from china has to test negative right. and the chinese are saying it's unfair and uh, australians are mixed on it uh it's politics it's, yes. it's yeah, but we uh, in Western Australia during the peak of COVID, we had it. Uh, we were completely shut off for a very long time, uh, but we had very very few cases of COVID here, way less than the global average. But then when borders yeah. opened, it came uh, came up anyway, and when rules were were made more lax, uh, then we had a bit of a uh, an outburst. But hopefully, we'll never see something like that again. Yeah, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed.
There was another um, interesting job I had this week as well. One of my regular clients, two weekly, um, was I approached the pool. Do you, do you ever get when you when you come to a pool? I mean, they had the cover on, but just something mm. doesn't seem right. You know, you, yep. you you open the gate, something seems a little bit off offish, and um, I noticed that some of the walls, just looking down the sides of the covers, were green. Go up and have a look at the equipment and the pumps. You know, all the equipment's running, but there's no water flow going through into the pump. So um, we've been having quite bad weather here this week. Yep. A lot of wind, a lot of rain. So first impressions were well, skimmer baskets probably blocked up. So we got down to the skimmer basket. Skimmer basket's floating. Seems a little bit old. No leaves, nothing in there. Mm-hmm. And the um no, they've all skimmer basket floated, so all these have gone through to the pump basket. <laughs> Stuck in the line. Um somebody had taken the weird or the, maybe the weird door fell off or they had taken it off and they had put it they put it on backwards. So you know, as, as the um yep. as your pump turns on, your weird flap opens, starts pulling in the water. Um, when it turns off, it hit, you know, on certain skimmers, it hits that little lug at the yes, top. little stopper. Yeah. So the weird door was on the opposite side of the lug. So yep. there was no way of it pulling down as the system's turning on. So, yeah, that was um, a little bit annoying at the time. Yep. Unfortunately, the, the clients were, they went down to Queenstown for Christmas uh, beautiful, beautiful part of New Zealand and in the South Island. They got family there and they gave the keys to friends and family to look after their, their property while they were away. So something's happened in, in between. Yes. Yeah, that was that was a little bit annoying. I haven't seen that before. Somebody's put the weird door on backwards. I've seen it done. Uh, really? Fortunately, caught it very quickly. Uh, you know, uh, one of them, one customer said, oh, I've just put this back on and uh, it's it's not working. What do I do? Mm. There's no water going to the pump. So I got them to send a, uh, a photo. And yeah, they put it back in the day we used to, before we had PVC skimmer boxes, uh, they were molded into the pool, especially fiberglass, which is dominant over here. Mm. And there was this little weird door you just fix in with three screws and you put a little rubber doorstop on each side, about three quarters of the way up the door. Little rubber doorstop, same as you, you probably find in your house or in an office. And yeah, they just put those in, pushed the weird door forward, so into the pool to keep it out of the way while they screwed these doorstops back on. And yes. uh, yeah, did it the wrong way. But fortunately, they caught it early. Uh, otherwise, you burn your pump out, your pool yeah. goes green. It's a whole myriad of problems. Mm. Yep. That's one thing I've never recycled, weird or, but maybe if there's a PVC, a lot of them are made from a PVC, so that's an idea. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I don't see a lot of capacity for recycling is some of the automatic cleaners, though. Right. Robotic cleaners, they've got some metal parts and wiring in it for what it's worth. Oh, also with your um, chlorinators, anything mm. like a PCB, any sort of computer board, there are places that take those for recycling. Okay, yes. So what I do, I've got a seven by four foot trailer and in there I have, you know, a pile of pumps, chlorinator parts, box of cables, 
mix metals, all that sort of stuff. And when the trailer gets full, then I just take a trip up to uh, uh, up to the metal recycling place. Yeah, uh, and of course, then the other stuff gets handled differently. And I've got a skip bin for cardboard because the amount of cardboard packaging that we produce, we that we go through, is just mm. insane. Yep, yep. Uh, that's my morning this Sunday. Uh, going to be coming to the breaking workshop, the boxes down. <laughs> breaking the boxes down, throwing crap into the skip bin that can't be recycled. Other stuff will be thrown on the trailer. So I can think yes. of about a billion better ways to spend a Sunday, to be honest. But uh, yeah, yeah, has to be done. Well, it's good that you're being proactive. You know, with your recycling, um, mm. I do see a lot of companies over here. You know, they'll just they'll chuck you know whatever whatever the issue is you know um whatever's broken it will just go straight into the um the rubbish bin you know in a way straight off to landfill regardless of whether it can be recycled or not mm. so yeah i think as um as a nation and probably as as the world in general i think um we can all be a little bit more proactive in recycling just the way the world's going at the moment yeah uh, I think there's going to be increased requirement, increased legislation about it as well. Mm. Uh, like you've explained in New Zealand with the uh, PVC pipe, manufacturers of products uh, or materials are being held more accountable. Yes. So I think it's inevitable. And uh, uh, we've also started adopting the system in Australia for any drink containers uh, or most drink containers, so your, your water bottle or your Coke can or your beer stubby. Yes. Um, uh, there's you take them in and get ten cents back for it. Oh yes. So yeah. uh, a lot you of see, countries in Europe that do that. I believe it? so. Yeah, uh, and then they either wash them or break them down. I don't know. Some of the bottles end up as media filter media. Most oh, of the media filters I do have got yes. the crushed glass in it. So mm. that's that's an interesting one. <laughs> you can see your Heineken green and your your Swan Lager brown <laughs> and your Corona white. Now you can literally say you're swimming in it. <laughs> I'll pass. <laughs> yeah. But the other types of uh, auto cleaner, uh, apart from a few little parts in robots, the suction side and pressure side cleaners, uh, don't see a lot of recyclables in those. Mm. Uh, I've got a big pile yeah. of old cleaners that, uh, again, probably going to be there till I retire yeah uh, most most of them are that worn out the parts aren't really worth anything so uh gonna see what we can do with that one would the um would that be i guess some some form of thermal plastic maybe like the um the material on these i think it would depend on what type of what make and model cleaner it is right. a few of them have got very different um very different materials. I mean, you get the traditional type that everyone associates here. The common name for it is Creepy Crawly, uh, yeah. being one of the main brands. But it doesn't matter what brand, people still call it a Creepy Crawly. You can have a yeah. Pentair robotic – Pentair is a bad example because they're affiliated with Creepy Crawly in the USA. You can have a Matronics robotic cleaner, a Dolphin. Mm -hmm. People still call it a Creepy Crawly. Right, Okay. I uh, went to one job the other day. She said, oh, I need a new pump. And I said, send me a photo of the pumps. And she sent me a photo of the chlorinator. It's like, right, take a photo of all your equipment and point to the bit that needs changing. So um, that's always an interesting one. 
But yeah, the traditional ones with the big rubber skirt on the bottom of it. Yes. Uh, I call them dooga-doogas because as they move around the pool, you hear mm. them going dooga-dooga-dooga-dooga-dooga-dooga-dooga. Drives yeah, me up yeah. the wall. <laughs> but um, uh, they've got a big rubber part of on it. Uh, that may be recyclable. Uh, the hoses, that would be the good one to be able to recycle because so yes. many of them end up split because people leave them out in the sun all the time. Yes. Uh, if they don't maintain their pool chemistry, they get corroded, they get perished in the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be a, uh, a big one. Yeah, definitely. In regards to um, cleaners yep. in Western Australia, is do you find there's – there's more common ones out there, or is it a split, you know, between such um, pressurized uh, robotics? Okay. Uh, pressure side cleaners coming yes. out of the return to the pool, we just don't see them very often here. Mm. I think I've seen two in the last 10 years, if that. Right. Maybe longer. Okay, yes. Yep. Uh, a lot of suction cleaners, the rubber skirt style, also uh, the ones with wheels or tracks or whatever they may be. Yep. Uh, you've got your, your dominant brands, but also a lot of little brands with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, with the rubber skirt type, uh, Aldi, the supermarket kind yes. of chain, uh, once a year they have their suction cleaner with a big rubber skirt on it. They sell for something like 100 bucks, and people buy them like crazy. <laughs> and I often get the phone call, oh, I bought this cleaner. Can you get it working for me? Well... I can't guarantee it. Yeah. I don't even know if it's compatible with the rest of your equipment. You know, what's your flow rate? What's uh, what's the size and shape of your pool? Mm. Uh, some pools' size and shape simply limit it to a robotic cleaner being all that's suitable. I've had quite a few of those. Yes. Uh, but we're seeing a lot more robots now than we, we used to. Uh, they're becoming more and more common. The main mm-hmm. factor of making them an obstacle to some people are their price. Yes. Uh, you get some fairly cheap ones. Uh, fairly cheap here is, you know, sub $1,000. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, they just don't seem to last. They don't seem very well made. Um, the ones I sell normally hover just above 2000 for my preferred brand. Yep. Uh, some of them you can spend, you know, three and a half, four thousand dollars $4,000 on. Uh, and then, of course, you go to the commercial ones. Uh, done a few recently for commercial pools, you know, three, three and a half thousand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one a while ago, uh, just shy of nine thousand for one of the big double sized ones. That was an enormous pool, though. Whoa. That was that was about a half Olympic size pool. Yeah, uh, seeing I know normally do residential, that's much bigger than I normally face, but uh, no, it's nice and clean. Uh, didn't have to worry about doing anything else other than taking the cleaner and throwing it in the pool. <laughs> uh, my kind of job. Easy. Yeah. And what about New Zealand? Um, I do have one client, a regular, which has uh, one pressurised cleaner, and it's it's literally the only pressurised cleaner that I've ever seen, um, okay. you know, in, in seven years of doing this job. So... I can probably say the same thing as yourself. You know, mm. they're, they're few and far between. Um, this exact one, it doesn't, I don't know if it's the brand, um, but it 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 doesn't really seem to do a very good job, to be quite honest with you. 
Yep. Um, whether that's just down to being a pressurized cleaner compared to a suction cleaner, I find that the suction cleaners they they do a pretty good job. To be fair, yeah. Um, so yeah, suction cleaners there are, there are quite a few out here. Um, the ones with the wheels on the side, the, you know, the two mm. big tank wheels. They've the made Rebel Two or something like that by Pentair. Yeah, yep. Swim Clean and ATV. I think they are oh, yep. over here and. Uh, yeah, in the, in the last few years, they've they've definitely exploded. Um, prior to this, it was the Dugger Duggers. Dugger Duggers. It's a good word. <laughs> You'll use that for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, there was there were so many of them on the market. Um, but yeah, again, in the last couple of years, there's been a you know whether that's down to COVID as well. There's been a huge demand in um, robotic cleaners. Yeah. And I'm finding it's more new pools which are being installed. Um, it almost comes as a package yes. with them. So, yeah, it's, it's probably the similar, similar in um, Australia as well. Exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I do like them myself. You know, they're very easy. Yeah. Chuck them in the water. Press play. Let it do its thing. You yep. know, it's, it, you know, the great thing about them is you don't have to rely on any of the swimming pool equipment. Yes. So it makes it perfect. Um, find a, a lot of the suction cleaners, the dugger duggers, you know, they would certain style of pools, they would get caught in the step corners. Yes. They would get wrapped around um the steps, you know, your your stainless steel steps which are going over the side. Yes. Of the swimming pool. So there was yeah, many, many, many clients which would say, you know, how do you fix this? Like, oh, I don't think you can, you know, I've changed a cleaner or take your steps out. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I always look at the, like any equipment, always look at the best interests of the customer. Mm. Um, I want them to be happy. So they tell their friends that they're happy with what I did and I get more business that way. Mm. Um, it's, it's a very simple way of looking at it. Yeah. But two of the things I look at with cleaners, suction cleaners often won't work where you've got a skimmer box and a main drain with no valve before the pump to divert yes. suction. And I've seen that a few times, especially on older pools where they didn't seem to consider that. Those ones as well, using a, a manual vacuum, manual suction vacuum, uh, they make it pretty tricky for that as well. You just don't have the flow coming through the vacuum. Yes. Uh, the other thing is they will block the skimmer because yep. you've got something plugged in. So what I find is that debris lands on the surface, the jets are trying to push the debris towards the skimmer but it's not going in there so it gets waterlogged sinks again it's like trying to vacuum the carpet near house while there's dust blowing in the window exactly the same situation yeah where i do uh, and robotic cleaners of course they improve circulation dramatically yeah i uh, also like it under a solar blanket uh, i should explain in western australia at least every new pool that's installed must be supplied with a blanket for evaporation that's legislation. That's the rule. Yeah. So the blankets will often heat up the top few inches of water, but down bottom, it's still very cool. So the robotic cleaners really circulate and even out that that water temperature. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where 
I encourage people to go for a suction cleaner over a robot is if for some reason they can't physically lift the weight of the robotic cleaner out of the pool for cleaning. Uh, And I've got some uh, elderly customers who really struggle with, I don't know, some of them are around 20-odd kilos when they're full of water. They just physically can't lift that out. Yes. So um, time and a place for everything, like all things in life. Yep. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, for myself, <clears throat> one of the be- one of the main, um, you know, factors to bear in mind is the amount of bush, trees, hedges yep. that are around the swimming pool. Because as you, as you said yourself, you know, you to have a suction cleaner with that much veg- vegetation around the swimming pool, it's it's a it's a recipe for disaster at the end of the day. Especially if it's a pool with a small skimmer basket. Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, but I've found some of the suction cleaners, you get things like a, a long frond from a palm tree. It might be too much and get wound up inside the unit. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, some of these palm trees that drop those horrible berries, uh, they they can get clogged in there. Uh, we've also got, do you know what a honky nut is? <laughs> You don't know what a honky nut is, do you? That's a very Australian thing. It's a, a big nut that falls off some of the trees. Yeah. It's kind of a like bell a chestnut? shape. Sorry? Like a chestnut? Oh, bigger. Maybe? They get a lot bigger. Okay. Various yep. sizes out there, depending on the species. But uh, kind of a bell-shaped, very woody nut. And they fall, uh, fall down. If they go in and sink, uh, then they'll often clog up the mechanism or just block the opening right. completely. Yeah. Uh, so that's again. Always look around the pool before you look mm-hmm. at the pool, because you yeah. can find out so many things about what you might be dealing with. Uh, we've also got customers who have got stones, ornamental stones near their pool, and a lot of them, their kids like to pick them up and watch them splash as they plop it in the pool. Uh, I don't like kids throwing rocks in pools, and uh, they should never be put anywhere near a pool for that very reason. Nice. <laughs> But it looks good in the magazine. <laughs> so um, uh, the other thing I've done is pulled, uh, uh, you know, dead animals out of uh, auto cleaners. Um, wow. Maybe we'll do that for another episode, talking about uh, dead animals in pools. Yep. Because pre uh, warn everybody now. Yes, warning. It's going to be pretty gross at times, but uh, so can being a pool. Pool tech. Right. That can be pretty gross at times too. Brave, brave. Anyway, as always, <laughs> fantastic to chat. Likewise, Peter. Thank you. Good to see you. Have a fantastic week. Yeah, we'll try. We yep. can only try. You know? oh, it's raining over there. Is it going to be warm or? Uh, it's, it's, it's warm, hence no T-shirt on myself. Um, it's very humid. Uh Christmas and New Year, the weather was it was fantastic, you know, just what you want summer to be. Yep. And oh, was it Tuesday, last Tuesday? It just, yeah, the rain started coming in. It hasn't really stopped. Um, it sounds like it's going to carry on mid until mid next week. Mm-hmm. So everybody's thinking summer's over. Bit of a Br- British summer this year. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, forecast to be up around the uh, what is it, mid to high 30s uh, coming up. 
for a few days. Uh, Fahrenheit, that's uh, what, 95 to 100 or thereabouts uh, most days. Uh, the last yeah. forecast I saw. Uh, blue skies, sunshine, hot. Yesterday afternoon, it came in overcast, quite cloudy, and mm. I had about three drops of rain on the windscreen. I thought, oh, we're getting some rain, but no, we'll probably not have much, <laughs> except for the occasional thunderstorm over the next two or three months, most likely. Right, okay. So, anyway, Enjoy. enjoy that, and uh, hope it stays warm and clears up for you. Thank you. All right. You have a great All week. Right. Cheers, Peter. Thank you. Right. Take care. Bye-bye. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed-up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon, I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 